0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in DC. Today, my returning guest is Nick Knutson. He's the executive director of Demcast USA, a grassroots organization created to help Democratic down-ballot candidates win. He's been on the show many times. I love hearing what he has to say. He's got some great advice for people who want to get involved in any possible way for the 2022 midterms. So before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast, is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com startmeup. And don't forget, you can find Start Start me up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with DemCast's Nick Knutsen. Welcome back to the show, Nick.
1: Thank you. I'm very glad to be back with you.
0: Well, you got my attention the other day because you announced some new board members. I mean, obviously, we've been on you've been on the show before. We've talked about stuff. We've talked about DemCast, and we're going to talk about it again. But uh, you announced these or these new board members came on. Um, so I'd love for you to just share and talk about it
1: absolutely thanks for asking uh it it was a really exciting week for dumbcast last week um we've we had uh you know we founded in 2019 um we had our we had some uh board members who were our founding board members whose terms were up and so we started to sort of talk talk you know talk to some folks and and poke around a little bit and uh you know we were uh, heartened by the by the response from some pretty cool people, mm-hmm. so uh, we last week we added uh, Santiago Mayer, mm-hmm. who is the executive director and founder of Voters of Tomorrow. Uh, he's a uh, um, amazing social media activist, but a, he's a he's a total movement guy, and mm-hmm. his focus is on activating uh, youth voters, particularly young people in cool. college.
0: <laughs> oh, good, um, yeah
1: so that's fantastic uh we you know one of our strategic goals as an organization is to ensure that <clears throat> that we're messaging uh appropriately and uh, with gusto to the <laughs> to the <to> younger folks <laughs> yeah uh, in the in the spaces where they are so mm-hmm. you know more sort of in the TikTok and reels and right. and you know those kinds of spaces um so really excited to welcome santiago where we also added uh, Fred Guttenberg, who mm-hmm. obviously, uh, if you're uh, aware in the um, gun safety space, yes. uh, or if you're on political social media, uh, you probably know who Fred is. He's a, a father of a of Jamie, his daughter, who was uh, murdered at Parkland, yes. uh, and uh, just a, a passionate activist mm-hmm. and an extremely effective communicator. Yes. Uh, who, who knows who knows when uh when to speak up and mm-hmm. is not afraid of anything mm-hmm. um, so we're really really excited to add fred and then uh, uh senator doug jones who yeah, um, yeah who uh, has been a friend of demcast for quite some time he's joined a lot of our calls um, he credits social media activism with um with his victim you know in part you know not not in total (laughs) but in part uh with with his victory over uh roy moore in 2017 and that big upset one that he had in alabama right um and and has been um trying to help us figure out how to grow and uh get the message out and uh um yeah, we couldn't be couldn't be more honored than to have a have a former United States senator who's extremely well connected and <laughs> and really really bought into to what we're trying to do.
0: Well, congratulations! Those are three great guts, and yes, Fred has been on my show, um, so f- that is a fantastic person to be in your organization. Again, congratulations! It's just great news. Um, so, okay, you've been on the show several times, but. I'd like for you to just remind listeners right now about DemCast and its mission, and then also maybe what some of the new things you're doing and some of the changes that have gone on. I mean, obviously, you've got these new board members, but anything new? What's, what, what's your mission and what's new?
1: Yeah, so we're, we're a 501c4 nonprofit, so we're not a PAC. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: we, um, we're a social purpose nonprofit. Our, our goal is to empower regular folks who have social media accounts, uh, empower them to use their accounts to spread, uh, strategic messaging, uh, that can help our movement grow, Mm -hmm. our pro-democracy movement. Um, so we, um, we curate content. We don't, we don't do a ton of content creation. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we, there's a lot of content out there. What we try and do is find the most effective contact content, the most effective messaging, and then make sure that, um, that it can be spread far and wide by just regular people, um, you know, in their social feeds. This is, this is what the right wing has done really well, yes. uh, over, over the last decade, mm-hmm. uh, is empower their rank and file, uh, every, you know, just everyday, uh, Republicans to, to parrot what, what, whatever, whatever Tucker Carlson says. Right, so, Exactly. So, um, um, we don't want to be, that we want to be the good version of that i right. guess this is, <laughs> is really what is really what we're trying to do yeah. and um and so yeah we've g- we've grown a lot in the last year uh in particular um maybe not in terms of just internal size but just in terms of reach you know we're we've got um uh tens of thousands of people who share content through us um on an annual basis and uh you know we are those messages are are uh, being seen billions of times on social media wow. so um it's really it's really meant to be um you know the fire hose mm-hmm. kind of version of polit- political messaging
0: wow so, wow yeah. and um so what's the like what's your advice to people who are unaware with Demcast? Um, how can they use DemCast to uh, better message?
1: Well, we we try and meet people where they are. Um, So there are some people who are just more, um, they like to use their social media account not to share um, native messages, but just to uh, go on and and maybe amplify other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are other people who, Uh, really like to post their own stuff um so if 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 regardless of or or and there are some people who aren't using their social accounts for political purposes but who who are open to doing that Mm -hmm. so um the the best thing that folks can do is just go to demcast.com and check it out and uh, you know read our about us page and our uh our join page um see if what we're Trying to do resonates with you, and if so, we, there's this, the, the demcast.com/slash/join uh, is is sort of the the first step to, you know, getting getting into our uh, under our email list. Um, we don't uh, send a zillion. Emails, and we almost never fundraise but, uh, via email, which is probably why we. <laughs> why we aren't <laughs> <now>. <laughs> But but I hate fundraising. I know how so I it, understand. We, we just uh, yeah we've we've avoid avoided that as much as we can. But um, but get on our email list, get on our text list, uh, and uh, and um, and you, also when you join, you have the ability to join our online groups so we have Mm -hmm. online twitter groups and and facebook groups and that kind of thing that that people can become a part of so we're trying to build a community right of people who want to do this uh, do this type of digital volunteerism um and uh but if if you're not a joiner you know if you Mm -hmm. don't want to hand over your information i totally understand that our 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 site also has um a, a page um of toolkits. If you just go to the menu and, and find it, um, where you don't, they're just open, you know, to the public. Mm-hmm. So you can go in and, and what we, so we build these sort of smart social media toolkits that people can use. It's literally just a couple of clicks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to, to get, to get a post up and, um, on, on your, uh, on your own, uh, social feed. And, you know, we, we try, we, T- are always tapping into the experts who are doing message testing hmm. uh, and um you know testing you know videos against different demographics and and that kind of stuff we try and we try and um, make these toolkits as loaded with what we what we understand to be like highly effective content mm-hmm. uh, as we can and um for for the midterm cycle here we've got a very, very uh, consistently updated uh, midterms toolkit that highlights a lot of the uh, Democrats who uh, are in toss-up races across the country, whether it's the Senate, the House, or governors, secretaries of state, attorneys general. Um, and so you can go in and boost, uh, boost those candidates and also expose the extremism of their uh, GOP challengers.
0: Well, that's really important. And while you've been telling me that, something's been going through my mind that I just want to share. And I have said multiple times on social media, I mean, we all have heard the criticism about the Democratic Party and the fact that they, you know, I think they are getting a little bit better right now. In fact, whoever the White House hired to be their social media director is kicking ass because she, I think her first effort was that, um, the school debt thing where she quote tweeted all the people who were criticizing (coughs) relieving the debt with all of their PPP Uh, stuff that they had relieved so that was brilliant and um, but but what I've said repeatedly is that you know while okay yes the Democrats might get some better messaging and we'd like to see it but we forget we are part of that messaging and so when when all we see on social media is everybody yelling at Democrats to do better messaging that's time wasted and as you pointed out the Republicans, the social media users, the voters are all in line. And they yeah. they completely understand the importance of promoting the message as opposed to attacking the people who are creating the message. So that's – I just really want to emphasize how important it is that people are also just including themselves in, in the messengers because we are the messengers. <laughs>
1: yep no we uh, no thank you for saying that no um I, and you said uh it's wasted time actually it's 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 even more than that it's um you know you, we talk about the sort of circular firing squad yeah. on the left um that's us yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not the, it's not it's not our 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 leaders in the party it's, right that's that's literally just people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah when, when you're sharing on social media you have to think about who your audience is it's your followers mm-hmm. and 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 maybe a couple of tiers of people beyond that if your post right. gets amplified maybe some people who uh are aren't following you but who are connected to people that you follow right, right. so so that's how social media works um and for the most part we're talking yeah you know, and this is a problem with social media but especially on the political side we're we're where it's somewhat of an echo chamber right mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what platform yeah. you're on the, the algorithm is going to send you yeah. stuff that they think you'll want to engage with and that and and if you're if you click on lots of political things then it's going to send you political things that yeah. you uh you're going to have a reaction to and uh, so it's going to be stuff about how terrible the gop is <laughs> and how and, and, and about our side and uh, and so think we have to think about who our audience is Mm -hmm. if if i'm on social media 24 hours a day saying the democrats are incompetent i can't believe that they're you know that their messaging is so bad Mm -hmm. um you you're talking to a bunch of people who should probably be voting for democrats Mm -hmm. and 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 you're probably demotivating them Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so um and it's not it's it's not to say that we should all just be like automatons right. and you know pa- parroting st- you know the same exact stuff you know all the time but we just need to be careful mm-hmm. and and understand that we we are we are a piece of the ecosystem of of the uh um communications mm-hmm. uh you know we're the, we are the communications department broadly for, <laughs> yeah. for, for the movement and uh uh you know the yes there are people who have big platforms but the they have the big platforms because we amplify them right we have power mm-hmm. um so um so it's it is it's just really important to remember that and and it, yes social media is a town square, but it's also a battlefield, and we have to sort of take our role in that seriously.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I can hear the people now if you're saying, well, you know, that's my opinion and it's true. Of course, you're allowed to have your opinion, and you're allowed to voice your opinion, but you also have to understand you know, people often don't give themselves credit for the power that they actually have. I think we all have a very limited perspective of human beings, and we, we tend to you know, focus on this very small world that only we understand when there's this big world out there and your words do matter. You may think they don't. You may think, oh, I'm just a nobody. Who's listening to me? Well, a lot of people are. If you're on social media, even if you only have seven followers, you know, Kathy Griffin could retweet you and boom, right. all of a sudden you've got a lot of attention. So it's extremely important. I just want to reinforce this because I, I, it's very easy for co- conservatives to march in lockstep. Because they're all on the same page. Democrats are not. We have all different kinds of Democrats, all the way from, you know, very, very progressive Elizabeth Warren types of Democrats to very, very conservative Democrats. And, you know, within that group of diversity, Um, there's going to be disagreements there's going to be and it's always on how we should run things because everyone thinks they've got the best idea (laughs) and you know and so Uh it's like Uh um, we just have to kind of put that aside I think put that aside especially now and I'm gonna I've said this before but I'm gonna say it again because it's extremely important in 2014 which was a midterm year or I, I should say actually in 2013 I was going after Democratic senators and and representatives for not supporting uh, the Equal Rights moment, uh, Amendment, and it wasn't uh-huh. even a vote. It was just it was a resolution that was going around to remove the deadline, the expired deadline. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, so I was not brutal, but I fucking didn't hold back. I did not pull punches. I wanted these. They call themselves Democrats, so they should support the Equal Rights Amendment. And if they didn't, I would write about it. And I would post it all on my big Facebook pages and tell everybody, hey, this Democrat is not supporting equality. And so um, I decided, and it worked in some cases. It got them, you know, strong-armed them into getting them to support it. Um, But And it didn't with some others. But 2014 came, and I stopped because I thought, you know what? Even though I believe in what I'm doing, this is an election year, and I don't want to put Democrats in a bad light, even the ones that are pissing me off, because that's Mm -hmm. better to have them. And sometimes there are, you know, Democrats out there who don't do very much. Um, They should be doing more. But I'd rather have that person than a fascist. So. Just keep that in mind, people, when you're out there. Keep it in perspective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think
1: it's a great point, and like we don't, we don't think enough about the fact that you know a lot of voters when they go to the ballot uh, ballot uh, box, they drop off their ballot, or they they go to the poll, the vote are are um just picking D or picking R. Right. I mean it. it the, the, they are brands, yeah. right? And and we we have a role in taking care of that brand, you know, in general. Because if, if you say Democrats does Democrats that, do you mean Katie Porter? Right. She's a Democrat. Do you mean Therese Davids mm-hmm. in Kansas? Do you mean, do you mean Lauren Underwood mm-hmm. in Illinois? These are these are outstanding representatives mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. their constituents. Um so and but but when you say that and when that message travels they have a d next to their name on the ballot yeah. and, and and so you just we if you're gonna if you're gonna go after people i'll, I'll just i'll make this plea if you're gonna go <laughs> after people online i would recommend calling people if you if you really want to attack them right. um, it's good it's a more effective way yes to have your voice heard by elected representatives but if you're going to go after people online go after their name don't go after the brand that's That's a very good
0: point that's a very good point because i know a lot of us were very angry at joe manchin (laughs) and kirsten Mm cinema and um yeah and we had good reason to be and i you know i mean although i will say in the case of joe manchin i think the public pressure i don't know what it was that got him to work with schumer i don't really care at this point but you know, I'm sure he felt that public pressure. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But um, in that case, because right. he was holding up the Democrats, he does not represent an outstanding representative like the ones you mentioned. He's on the no. other side of it. No. Um, right. But, but you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's just so important, especially especially in this particular election, um, where once again, we're coming down to trying to save democracy. It's not just about Republicans and Democrats right. and issues. It's about saving democracy. Um what I wanted okay. to ask you too was what are, the, what are some of the things that people who uh, voters can do? Um, and I, I kind of just want you to go over the, the different ways that we can either, it, whether it's social media volu- volunteering, wh- uh-huh. whether it's driving someone to the polls. Um, what are some mm-hmm. things that people do, especially people who aren't necessarily joiners? How how can you convince them to get engaged and make some kind of a difference without making them feel uncomfortable, if that's even possible?
1: <laughs> totally, totally. So what I, what we're asking people to do this cycle is level up. So whatever you've done in the past, if you've done nothing, mm-hmm. then Sharing messages on social media is a great sort of entry point mm-hmm. into uh, political activism. It matters, you know. Yeah. the The messaging matters. We've been talking about it for for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, that that because it's it's low low effort, um, low exposure. You can do it, it. You can you can share a message in you know 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but, um, mm-hmm but 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 it matters so that that, that's a great entry point if you've if you shared on social media in the past but you haven't done more sort of uh in person or uh sort of physical activism (laughs) uh um postcards Hmm. are a great uh entry uh into uh, into uh doing something a little bit bigger uh but so postcarding became a, a thing um In 2018, I think, really, it's it started to take off. Um, It's a way to there are organizations like uh, Postcards to Voters, Postcards to Swing States. You can just Google them um, that uh, that have have all the information about the sort of on the bubble voters, Mm -hmm. uh, the the people who we really need to turn out uh, if we're going to win in in 2022. And then they've selected the sort of the most critical races, and you can just you sign up, and they they send you some. Um, uh, yeah they send you a list of addresses that Mm -hmm. they want you to send postcards to, and you just handwrite some postcards and just ask people to vote and they have the messaging package for you. So, you know, exactly sort of what works. Mm -hmm. Um, but those handwritten notes matter. And, and, and so, you know, if you're somebody who's not inclined to get on a hop on a phone bank Mm -hmm. or something like that, or do door knocking and talk to people face to face, Mm um, you know, uh, you don't, you don't have to do that if you're just sitting and, and, uh, and writing a postcard. So that's, that's a great thing that you can do. But if you've done postcarding in the fact and you, in the past, and you haven't, uh, you haven't jumped in on anything else, well, maybe it is time to try text banking. Right. Um, that, that seems, that, that seems to be sort of the next level for people. You don't, again, you don't have to talk to people, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's been proven effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, phone banking Well, door knocking is the most effective, Mm -hmm. uh, thing that you can do. Phone banking is next. Text banking is after that. Um, it's, it's a way to reach a lot of people, uh, in sort of a short amount of time. They give you a shift of like Mm -hmm. two hours and, uh, and, and you can, um, just shoot off a bunch of texts. It's all sort of automated. It's not, you don't have to, um, you know, people aren't going to be texting you back. It's, it's, you know, it's through a, through, through a service. Right. Um, so, um, and sometimes they'll te- people will text back and tell you to tell you to f off. But uh, <laughs> for the most for the most part, people will say like, "Oh, thank you, yeah." Right.
0: Um,
1: I just I just got my ballot or something like that. Right. Uh, if they if they open it and respond, so um, so so there's lots you can do. And then, like you mentioned, you can drive. There's more intensive stuff like yeah. drive people to the polls. You can sign up to be a poll worker. We yeah. are in desperate need of people who who um, who can be poll workers because people are now, because of the insane lunatic French yeah. MAGA uh, people, people who are afraid. I mean, look at, uh, you know, the folks who testified in the, Ruby um, yeah. and who testified right. in, the, in the January 6th hearings, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people are afraid of doing this work now. Um, uh, so... Uh, we need a, uh, enough people to be brave and, and, and do that for us this cycle and in future cycles. Um, so there's no shortage of ways that you can plug in. Uh, I, I, the, I, I tend to think of engagement in electoral politics as, as a ladder. I've tried to right. sort of frame up that ladder for you here.
0: That's, that's a good point. And um, I just want to remind everybody that if you're going to go knock on doors or make phone calls, um, you're you're pretty much just dealing with Democrats. You're not knocking on a MAGA door and trying to convince a MAGA to vote for a Democrat. You've got a friendly audience. Occasionally, you're going to have people telling you to fuck off. But, um, yeah, most of the time, um, you're, you're, you're going to be dealing with people who are already Democrats. And so it's not like you're walking into some <laughs> um, no, actually, situation. No, actually,
1: thank you for saying that. Usually, it's actually the opposite. Usually, it's... Uh, well actually there's just a lot of people who don't come to the door but but for the people who do usually they're just thankful and they'll thank you thank you for doing what you're doing yeah uh, so, yeah, somebody it, went it to my to dad's really house and they were so experience. yeah my
0: dad yeah. was like oh this guy came to my house and you know and i asked him about this and I, and then it was my stepmother was like i forgot to ask him where he was on pro-choice i'm going to call him so the fact that he came to her their, their house and then you know my stepmother forgot mm-hmm. to ask him something she was going to call his office to make sure you know about his his abortion stance so there you go mm-hmm. and people are very um grateful when they get somebody i think at, at this point in the game uh, we are grateful for any effort that anyone puts in. Um, I just, we got to take a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Hey, it's Kimberly. Are you a patron of the show yet? If you're not, it's really easy to become one. So easy. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up, check out all the different tiers, choose the one you like and become a patron today. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right. We're back. Uh, Let's see, what am I going to ask you now? I know, well, I wanted to ask you, we've got this huge mountain. The Democrats do have a mountain to climb. I think we're pretty We're pretty good in the Senate right now. It looks like we're going to keep the Senate, maybe expand it. The House is the big question because of the gerrymandering. And, you know, I've heard people online um, both sides of this argument where some people are just convinced like Christopher boozy. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he runs bot Sentinel. Mm-hmm. He's got some inf- inside information that he will not share with me, but uh, he keeps teasing everybody about, you know, stuff's going to happen. Some more stuff is coming out. I did have a private conversation with him that I can't share. He only shared a little bit and it's kind of, kind of about where he's getting this information. But um, regardless, he seems to be under the impression that we're going to be able to keep the House. Where are you on this? What are you feeling? What is our chance of uh, a real chance? And this is, and I know you can't do this based on actual polling because um, there are all these Mm -hmm. new Democratic voters because of Roe v. Wade. And I'm assuming climate and gun safety and all of that are in there too. But Roe v. Wade, we've seen a huge uptick in Democratic voters. So how are you feeling about the House?
1: (sighs) Well, when was the last time polling was right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told myself after 2016, I would never trust polls again. and then I trusted polls again in 2020. And I was like, what, why, why on earth did I do that? <laughs> um, uh, I believe that we will win the house
0: <gasps>
1: if, if we do the work. Right. If, if, if you had asked me six months ago,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I would have probably said uh that even if we do the work, there's just, it's just, we too many headwinds. Mm-hmm. Um it's just too much historical precedent, too much you know right. like, you know, first midterms after a new president, blah blah, blah all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh the Roe decision just totally
0: mm-hmm.
1: changed everything. Uh and the you know the the Democrats in Congress, you know, pulling a rabbit out of the hat mm-hmm. and, and getting some some really important stuff done. Um that that speaks to very important constituencies in the in the in the uh under the Democratic umbrella. Um the the climate uh provisions uh and the student loan forgiveness uh that the that the Biden yeah. administration does did I know that some people aren't maybe on the some people on the older side aren't Maybe super happy about that, but um, but the young the, yeah. the young folks love it.
0: Yeah. They, I mean,
1: TikTok TikTok just exploded yeah. um, <laughs> uh, when when that happened. That's really important. We yeah. we have to uh, Santiago will tell you we have to mobilize the young people if we're going to win this year. So wow. um, so the, there's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, um, obviously in the house. Uh, it gets it gets really specific to the district really fast. Yeah. Like the, um Senate races are more nationalized these days. But you know have you know have you uh, have you heard of Eric Sorensen and Nikki Budzinski? You know you may have, but I, I don't <laughs> know, think... you know there there are a lot of Democratic candidates in literal toss-up races, like 50-50 oh, okay. races, who people you know people broadly still haven't really even heard of and 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 so so those these are local dynamics yeah
0: i have always
1: at play in in the house races but um uh but i but yeah like i said if we mobilize we can win i I believe that
0: wow and um what do you think of or the chance okay let's just say because we've got to go hypothetical here and then, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so just go with me on the hypothetical that uh, Biden wins twenty twenty four. I don't think we're going to see anything happen before that. Mm-hmm. But let's say we give him twenty twenty four. What do you think the chances are that he's going to expand the Supreme Court, and how important do you think it it is that we do expand the Supreme Court?
1: Um, well, I think that it's um, pretty vital mm-hmm. to democracy. do so uh the people who are currently on the court are going to be there for a very very long time uh and they are clearly intent on uh taking away freedoms and undermining uh the freedom to vote and uh you know the goal is the goal of the sort of Christo fascist
0: <laughs> you know,
1: movement is mm-hmm. to, is to rule from the minority and, yeah. to, and the the way that they do that is by taking over institutions like, like the Supreme court. We need serious court reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need, there should be, there should be, you know, I, I like the 13 seats for 13 federal districts.
0: Right. Yeah. I
1: think that makes a lot of, I think Me that too. makes a lot of sense. It yeah. makes intuitive sense. I think it makes sense to the American public. Um, uh, will they do it? Um, God, I hope so. <laughs>
0: I know. I know. <laughs> I think, I, I think,
1: I think, uh, there, there will be, there will be a, of course, contested. that's a, that's a, that's an act of Congress. Yeah. Um, right. So, so f- first step is we have to win the house. We have to win the Senate and we have to expand the Senate so that we can get rid of the filibuster.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that, that is a necessary precursor to, To doing anything in terms of the court
0: Mm -hmm, um
1: but let's say we let's say we get there you know i i really think that um it has it, it, it doesn't have to be but um it would we would be best served as a nation if congress acts quickly on that and the biden administration jumps on board and this gets done you know in the uh, in the next Congress wow. uh, b- b- before the next presidential because the next the 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 uh fate of the next presidential could be at stake <laughs> because of the because of the de- democracy reforms that we need uh as it relates to voting wow. um, so you know will it happen i don't know should it happen but yes. yeah um, <laughs> yes
0: it should <laughs>
1: And uh, I guess we'll, the best that we can do is elect people who we think will 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 take action. I think, uh, honestly, at this point for Senate candidate, well, I mean, the litmus test is are you a Democrat? But if there's a litmus test after that, it's are, will you get rid of the filibuster to pass democracy reforms and uh, codify Roe?
0: Yeah. Wow. So. Um, you know, I'm going to have to just intervene for a second because my mother just sent me a tweet. And I want to talk about it real quick. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but and how many of my listeners know this, but when I was 12 years old, uh, I went over to live in communist Russia because my father worked for ABC News. And uh, he was a cameraman. His boss was Ann Garrels, and she's a correspondent. She became an NPR correspondent. Well, she just died. So I just got the uh, announcement she died. She was 71. I know she had uh, cancer. In fact, I was very fortunate because I, you know, I knew her in Russia, and then I didn't see her again. I think that was the last that my father has seen her and has talked to her since. But I was living in California all these years. Um, my dad lives in in Maryland. I'm back on the East Coast now. So a couple of years ago, my sister contacted me and said, "Hey, Anne is um, going to be at this." It, it was basically having something to do with veterans, and, and it was NPR. She was going to be reading something. Um, from, it was, it was things that men wrote, men and women wrote while they were uh, in combat and things like that. So, so I got a chance to go like surprise her and, and see her and she was, she had been quite ill and she was very skinny when I saw her, but um, I'm sad to hear that she's gone, but I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had to get to know her. So I just wanted to kind of make that announcement here because it just came in my awareness. So there you go safe home and <laughs> well,
1: yeah that's uh, that's too bad i uh, you know as as we're as we're marching into this sort of new media era you know the the journalists and news people of old yeah. uh, seem like uh, gods yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, even i think who was it today another one today bernard shaw from
0: CNN, right yes I saw that. Yeah. also
1: died today or today or yesterday so yeah anyway it seems like uh, yeah we're as and and particularly with cnn mm-hmm.
0: uh, as they're mm-hmm. just
1: descending into into conservative madness uh, yeah and that's it's, what's uh,
0: it's tough for my father because you know he was obviously he worked for abc news for decades and he worked a lot of the time. He was on campaigns. I know he was on Clinton, Bill Clinton's campaign. He was also on George W. Bush and, oh, uh, who, I think, who was he following? I think he was on, he was on Clinton cam- campaign and then he was also on, uh, what's his name, who ran against Clinton the second time, Dahl. Because it was funny, my dad was like, hey, I'm, I was living in Glendale, California at the time, and he was like, hey, we're going to be in Glendale. So I went down and I I met with my dad and I got to meet Bob Dole, who smells like vanilla cookies. He doesn't anymore, but he did. I was like, I couldn't, but it's like he smelled like vanilla cookies. <laughs> um, not my favorite politician, but he's, he was a nice man. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's interesting too, because um, I have Brian Carum on the show every now and then, and he talks about the decline of of journalism and how basically right now you're dealing with people who are fresh out of college and they're getting you know into the white house and they haven't had any experience and they're the ones making comments. They don't even understand truly how government works, and they're the ones who are commenting all of this. And Anne was truly fearless. She went into war zones. I mean, there, there's, I think it's, she's got a book out called Naked in Baghdad. And I think uh, she was literally um, caught naked, you know, running out because she just, she was fearless. That woman. She was amazing. Uh-huh. And so I, I'm really fortunate that I got to meet her. And she was definitely a yeah. character. And I'll, I'll say this. This is my one little funny story about Anne. Because I, like, I eat fast. I always clean my plate before everybody else. And I think <laughs> Anne was even faster than I was. Because there was this one time in the American embassy, uh, we had all met at the commissary to have a meal. And the way that it worked was they would call you when your plate was ready. And so, Anne got her plate, sat down and started to eat. And then I was called and I went and I got my plate. And when I sat down, she was already finished. <laughs> it's just like, wow, that's faster than me. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but it's, it's kind of sad to see that, and, and I hope yeah. I hope we can find our way into a better – I hope that, you know how there's like the – RBG always said, you know, the pendulum's always swinging, and, and so it's going to go in one direction, mm-hmm. and then it's going to go in the other, and we've been dealing with some really negative stuff, especially since Trump went down that escalator. Um, there's been so much crap that we've had to deal with, and – I, i'm just hoping that the pen, i hoping i'm hoping that and this is crazy that roe v wade is is like that all the way to the end of the pendulum and now it's swinging back in the other direction um because i was yeah. i knew that that was going to galvanize voters i absolutely knew i didn't want it to happen mm-hmm. but i had also understood that you know aside from gas prices and stuff i'm like why are people giving a shit about white supremacy i mean why is this not motivating you and I think now there are people are finally starting to pick up on it. Um, but I also wanted to ask you, and I ask everybody this, and this is just a personal thing, um, what you think, but, you know, we keep hearing, I think there's going to be a Trump indictment, but uh, civil, I mean, I'm sorry, a uh, prison is another story. So what do you think about that? Do you think he's going to ever go to prison?
1: When very powerful rich white men with political connections are going to prison, I will believe it when I see it.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I just, that's kind know, of how – I mean, I, I think
1: – there, there's, no, there's just not a lot of reason to believe that the, that this guy won't slither out of whatever happens to him. But, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. He certainly deserves to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, he absolutely does. And I think we will see some of the top-tier Trump mm-hmm. – um, I don't know. I don't know what to call them, mobsters. I don't know, but the the, the people yeah. who who enable him and help him, I do think you know. Like for instance, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Roger Stone go to jail, but maybe not Trump. So I'm <clears> not sure. I'm not sure. It would really depend. And then they'd have to figure out. Uh, it's unprecedented, you know. How how would they do it? Because you've got a Secret Service situation going on. And I, I've said this before a million times, but I think that it's true. Jody Hamilton, who's on Bob Suska show, is always saying, you know, well they could just. Uh, assign, either assign, like train and assign people or, or find a guard and train them in a certain way and then basically call them secret, secret service. So that's one right. way to do it. But um yeah, I don't know. I think that, I don't know if he's ever going to go to jail, but I do think he'll be indicted. So I guess we're mm-hmm. going to stick around for that. And then just out of curiosity, cause you know, again, you've got your social media arguments and debates about this. But I believe the DOJ would prefer to wait uh, to indict Donald Trump, even though they have information on him now with the or I guess I could say enough information to indict. Maybe they don't have as much as they want and they want to build a stronger case and there would be an argument to wait till after the midterms. But the argument is that even though he's not a candidate, he, he does impact uh, elections. And so maybe they would want to kind of sit back. How, where are your feelings on, should they do that? If they had enough, like put it to you this way, if they had enough to indict him right now, should they do it right now or should they wait?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, in theory, right. The DOJ sh- should not, uh, they, they need to go, they, they need to go into this with eyes wide open. Yeah. Yes. You could impact uh the political atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, if if you do indict a former president just before an election well right after the election or maybe even before he's probably going to announce his candidacy for president you know do you wait until after he does that
0: mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah. the, the, uh,
1: I, 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 i'm of the mind if you've got if you've got the goods yeah. go for it
0: that's where i stand and, yeah
1: and don't don't worry about the timing um there is no good time right to indict donald trump there will never be the perfect moment no. um so the perfect moment is now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i do I, i'll say I, I kind of worry about mm-hmm. the impact on the midterms mm-hmm. um because i actually think that <clears throat> i think our our base is highly well our base and our and and and, and people who believe in women's bodily autonomy are mm-hmm. extremely motivated right now mm-hmm. and um and i think the other side is maybe uh lagging a little bit yeah. in terms of motivation at, at the moment but if you i mean there there could be i mean at least for the maga base right it there could motivate, be a, a, yeah. a it could be a re-motivating uh yeah. event
0: yeah. I mean, that's um, something to take into consideration. I mean, I know there are so many people and I'm with you because I feel like, yeah, we should do it now. If, if he's got, if they have the evidence, if they don't need any more, which I have a feeling there, they probably could be at a place where they could still get more evidence, more damning evidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would, always, I mean, I would prefer in that case, do it when you have what you need, when you know you can win. Um, otherwise, what's the point? But yeah, I mean, it just I I feel like as much as you know, I asked a question the other day, would it if Trump were to be indicted before the midterms, um, you know, would that how would that impact Democrats and it's so funny because so many people on social media love to answer everything but the question you asked. And the question <laughs> was, "Will it impact the Democrats? And everybody was answering what they thought should happen. And it's like, "I don't give a shit what uh, you think should happen. Do you think it right. will affect the Democrats and how? And um, you know, some people answered the question that I, I asked, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think that it could serve to conti- like amp up the, the our own base and add to the motivation but like you said it could also really affect even though they are a uh, a minority it it could mm-hmm. ramp up enthusiasm on their side and we did see that they were pretty effing enthusiastic in 2020 so yep. uh you know they're out there so I, I don't know i mean i i'm happy to wait as long as that's the best way to go as far as getting you know any kind of prosecution so
1: yeah yeah i think what a I- the DOJ should do whatever it, whatever will most likely result in this dude getting locked away. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, if that means now, great. If it means in two years, great. Um, I Obviously, there will be a, a lot of public opinion about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, maximize your opportunity to send this guy uh, yeah. to jail.
0: And OK, so the last thing I want to ask you about is, I mean, I don't know if you saw the other day, Kathy Griffin made a post and she said something like, if you don't want civil war, vote for Democrats. If you do want civil war, vote for Republicans. And I think I understood immediately what she meant, that the Republicans want a civil war and the Democrats don't. But of course, the Republicans have turned this around to mean she's to mean she's being threatening. Um, but we also heard Lindsey Graham you know, the other day say that there's going to be a civil war if Trump gets indicted and or, you know, he's and and they hide behind it. They gaslight us and they say shit. And then and and then it's like, oh, well, we just mean that, yeah, the base might get angry and they might do something, but they know that they're inciting violence. They they know that they're doing this, but then they play the innocent. So I don't know if you've been watching Lawrence O'Donnell and his take on this, but I'm curious what your take is, because Lawrence O'Donnell is kind of calling their bluff in a way but on the other hand you know because he was Lawrence O'Donnell is basically saying you know there's it's MAGA isn't a minority they're spread out all over the United States it's not like they're gonna you know have this army of people to go out and start a civil war and I totally agree but on the other hand we we will and we have already seen domestic terrorism in many forms whether it's trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer Whitmer or the 1-6 you know attack um, so what, what are you thinking about those kinds of threats? How serious? I mean, obviously we have to take them seriously, but how serious are they? And, and, and how afraid are you?
1: Um, I think they're very serious. Um, that they we have every reason to believe that, um, that the threats are serious. I mean, they mm-hmm. tried to Overthrow the government, <laughs>
0: <laughs> January six, and yeah,
1: it's it's maybe a few thousand people there, and 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 maybe it's, you know, yeah, it's not uh, it's not, you know, drummers marching alongside a, a, a literal army, um, you know, fighting fighting a war against against another side. It's it probably looks more like, you know. Domestic terrorism yeah. um, You know people targeting Members of Congress And trying to assassinate them yeah. or, or you know p- t- uh, Targeting um, uh, Abortion centers in, in places where they still exist yeah. <laughs> and, and Absolutely that kind of stuff Probably will ramp up yeah. if, if Trump is indicted and goes to jail Um, but, uh, uh, you know, saving democracy is really important and, um, we can't let people who do terrible things and try to, uh, overturn elections and, uh, try to sell state secrets and (laughs) (laughs) we can't, we, we we can't let that stuff go. If we let that stuff go, then the message is there are no rules the only rule is whatever the sitting president and former presidents want them to be and that's that 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 threatens the country in general Mm -hmm. like our system of government and 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 there's lots of terrible things that happen if 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 the government stops um stops functioning so uh we're and we're already on that precipice so um so you know yes i think they're could be increased violence. I think it's a very real threat. I think it's something that we need to talk about. We need to talk about the fact that um, there are extremists who want to, um, who, who don't like democracy and who don't want people to have a voice in their government and who are uh, militantly, uh, you know, uh, fascist
0: mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And,
1: and we can't shy away from that, and we have to call them out. And and part and then part of that is being ready to deal with the fact that that's a reality in the country, and and these really terrible people could do some really terrible things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to take it seriously, but I think that. I think that, like you're saying, we, we can't allow them to intimidate us and to keep us frozen or keep us from doing anything. But, you know, we, we do have to. Unfortunately, we have to deal with them. And it's very unfortunate. But I will say there are quite a few Trump supporters out there that are like one of my family members who I can guarantee you. We'll never do a goddamn thing. So, <laughs> at least there are right. those voters who are just like, yeah, they're just going to not, they're not going to take up arms and march in the streets. There's no way in hell my family member would do that. No. So um, at exactly. least there's, yeah. There, exactly. Yeah.
1: No, that. it's a very, it's got to be a very, very, very small segment yeah. of the highly vocal uh, minority
0: right. in the country. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, I'm I'm really grateful. I'm grateful to hear that you have some confidence about the house because so do I. And I don't know if you're familiar with um, Simon. Ro- do you know Simon Rosenberg? Um,
1: name sounds familiar.
0: He. I just discovered him not long ago. He was on my show. He runs. I can't remember what it stands for. National Democratic something. I don't know. NDN. Um, uh, some think tank. It's a it's a liberal think tank. And, I st- and he got my attention because he started tweeting about the the positives that we're seeing for this particular race, whether it's new Democratic voters. And initially, when I had him on my show, I think it was like two months ago, he was talking about, and I know you don't like pol- polling, but one of the things that he said, not neither do I, but one of the things that he said that was true and then it kind of came to pass was he said, right now, the voting that we're seeing it has Democrats up one or two points, but it's not taking into account all these new registered voters. It's not taking into account the road mm-hmm. decision. And so he said, I believe that in about a month or two, um, it's really the numbers are really going to be about a four to five point um, favorability for Democrats. And sure enough, that's, you know, I don't know how long it took a month or two, whatever it was that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so what I really like about him is he's optimistic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just want to end this show with, once again, putting the emphasis on optimism, which is not exactly the same as positive thinking. It kind of is. But positive thinking isn't always something that you can do when you're distraught. You, you know, right. like, you know, I like the, the, the best way to describe it is when you when you have a pet and the pet dies, it's really hard to be positive. But you can still have an optimistic outlook despite the fact that you're feeling down, sad, scared, whatever. So I I just, yeah, so it's like I think that there are moments like the other day when we heard Judge uh, Cannon, you know, give Trump what he wanted, and it was very upsetting for us, and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the Democratic Eeyores that were finally getting, you know, oh, it looks like things are turning around. They took this one event, and it was like, that's it. We're going to lose and it was making me crazy because it was like look we need to keep the optimism we we got yeah yeah we got one judge we had all these trump appointed judges that ruled against him so now we got this one trump right. appointed judge that gave him what he wanted that's one thing it's not it's not right. the end of democracy that's not what's ending democracy so it's like we need to be optimistic and so that's what simon um, you know he's he's somebody that you you might want to check out just because of his messaging. I think he has really great messaging and That's great. he was written up in po- political and everything. So I just want to end this show with that optimism kind of message that yeah, we can do this. And like you said, as long as we do it. We have to do it. Right. We have to show up and make the effort, but we can win the house. So thank you so much, Nick, for spending your time with me. I really enjoy talking to you. And before I let you go, please tell everybody where to find you.
1: Nick uh, Nick Knudsen US on Twitter. Uh, and uh, and uh, you can find uh, more about DemCast on DemCast.com.
0: Demcast.com so don't forget everybody go to Demcast I've got it actually pulled up it's so self-explanatory just go over to that front page you can get anywhere you can find anything you need and those toolkits are so awesome they're easy and it makes it all easy for you you can take already written text you can also change that text to personalize it any way you want so just go over check it out follow Nick and don't be like me say his name correctly Um, And then you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly, L-E-Y, at the end of my name. My books are on Amazon. So once again, thank you, Nick. And we will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Bye-bye.